all of a sudden, even though she didn't speak on it earlier, about seeing a gun and bagged up into sales unit amounts of cocaine in there right next to it, she just says, oh, hey, I know something we can do. And guess what it is? It's Ice Cube's cocaine. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to Amigas, the movie reviews podcast where we ask that fundamental question that so many others leave out. Do I give a shit? Do like, I, really? Do I? Why do I give a shit? Do I give a shit about these people? Do I give a shit about this story? Do I give a shit about what's happening? And today, as it usually is, the answer is, hell yeah, we give a shit, and we think that you should too. Today, we're going to talk about the 2017 film, Ingrid Goes West. Ingrid Goes West is about a girl with no family or friends that becomes so obsessed with an Instagram influencer that she moves across the country and tries to social engineer her way into becoming friends in real life. This sounds like a stalker tendency issue. Oh, dude, this girl was most definitely a stalker. We'll get to that. We added an extra question today to our usual list, and we'll get to that. We normally ask in that same list, did it hook my interest within the first 20 minutes or 5 minutes or whatever. Today, it really warrants jumping that question to the front of the line by saying, this is one of those movies that hooked my interest within the first 90 seconds. Oh yeah. I mean, the first opening scene is something to be uh, concerned about if you're an influencer. Yeah, it definitely is uh, because the opening scene of this movie without any context whatsoever, is a girl pulling up in a really average car and she gets out in her pajamas with her mascara running from crying and she starts walking across the street and across the street we see that what's happening is a wedding reception. It's this great fucking spectacular post-celebration to the greatest day of someone's life. In this case, the someone is named Charlotte And our teary-eyed mascara pajamas girl walks right up to her table at her own wedding reception and is like, Fuck you, Charlotte! And then she sprays her with mace. And Charlotte falls the fuck out. Oh yeah, she's crying that she can't see and all this other stuff. And the pajama-wearing girl we find out is Ingrid. Basically, you could say that the movie opens up with... Ingrid getting tackled by some overzealous wedding guests. I mean, not really overzealous. They're pretty within their own you know, Yeah, yeah, whatever, it's, a, it's dude, an average wedding venue. Yeah. I mean, seriously. If I was at a wedding and someone walked up and, like, sprayed the bride with mace, I would feel well within my rights to tackle that person, assuming they weren't wearing any kind of fucking uniform. Because, oh, yeah, you know, like I went yeah. To, I went to a wedding, but I don't, I don't love her that much. You know, she's got to be a civilian, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. So shortly after that, we find out that unsurprisingly, Ingrid ends up at the funny farm for showing up at a wedding she wasn't invited to and macing the bride. And she spends some time at the funny farm. She highlights a bunch of shit in books and makes a bunch of notes about herself and says a bunch of generic basic bullshit like, oh, you know, I'm living, learning to live in the moment and... Then she writes some letters to the person that she maced, and uh, unsurprisingly, we never hear anything back from her. And then shortly after that, she finds out two pieces of very different news, good and bad. She finds out that the good news is she's being released, and the bad news is that her mom just died. 
So ouch. Yeah, dude. So she gets out and she gets, I guess, a little bit of more of good news. It's sort of not enough to make up for the bad, but she finds out that her mom left her sixty thousand dollars. So, you know, she doesn't have to like run to get a job fresh out of the funny farm or anything. In fact, the first place that she ends up going that we see her going is the grocery store, the local grocery store. And while she's there just trying to like buy some food so she doesn't, you know, die. Some bitch in line behind her picks up her phone and is like, oh my god, do you know who's in front of me? Oh my god, yeah, it's her. Remember I thought she was in a funny farm. I thought she was in a funny farm. Oh my god, I see out walking around, yeah. After that, the next thing we see is, unsurprisingly, uh, Ingrid at home bleeding out her mascara in the bathroom or the closet or somewhere like that. Yeah, she she's was... having crying issues. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, bro. She got her feelings just a little bit hurt and she probably went home with a big old dose of the feeling of, fuck this town. I hate this place. I don't like people and they suck. So to alleviate the feeling of hating the people around her, she pulls out her phone and starts going through Instagram to find some people in the greater world to look up to and it doesn't take her long to find someone that she can look up to and it's this girl named Taylor and Taylor is an Instagram influencer and Taylor has all the things that she wishes she had in life and all the stuff that she wants to be and wishes that she was so since she just came into a bunch of money and she's kind of a psycho Ingrid decides to up and move to California with a master plot in mind. So she inherits the money and then she moves across the country to Taylor City. And then the first thing she does after she stalks her for a little bit is formulate a pretty good plan to get into her life. And she steals her dog. She steals her dog, she takes it back to her apartment, and she waits a little while for missing dog flyers to go up in the neighborhood just so she could get Taylor's phone number. And as soon as she has Taylor's phone number, she calls it and says, guess what, I found your dog. And they're like, oh, that's great. When can we come to your house and get it? And she's like, oh my God, you can't because I'm out like running errands and stuff. So I should just bring him by to yours. Is that okay? And she's like, oh my God, yeah, but don't you need the address? And she's like, uh, I totally forgot that I needed an address. That would be great. <laughs> and then she shows up at Taylor's house returns the dog and taylor tries to be like oh my god we're so happy let me put my fucking money where my mouth is yeah here here's a reward here's for a you reward, returning right? something that you stole yeah you know but she didn't know that no, she stole she it so she's like hey bro check it out we were white and privileged here's some fucking money for our you know fur baby or whatever and she's like uh Oh my god, apparently you didn't notice my white privilege. Like, I don't need or even want your money. That's fine. I was just doing it to, like, be a good person and stuff. And I'm making fun of it, but one of the crazy things at this point is that Ingrid goes from being awkward as fuck. Like, of- at one point, doesn't she sort of meet her in a shop, too, on top of everything? Oh, and yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. cringy. That's- Oh, yeah, God, that's when she was stalking her ahead of time and trying to come up with a... That's what I meant when I said she stalks her a bit and then steals her dog, is we see her in, like, a record store or a fucking 
ceramics place or some shit like that. And she's basically just watching this chick that she stalks on Instagram and now in real life and trying to come up with a plan. You see the wheels turning in her head of what can I say right now? How can I approach her? How can I make this seem organic? Oh my god. And nothing comes to mind. So she just fucking takes it down in her little psycho notes and moves on and comes up with the stealing the dog plan. But yes, in that scene and in her the scene we see of her interacting with a California native before that and just every and even in her hometown with the cashier and shit grinded that fuck shit was going on behind oh, her yeah. every interaction we see with her and another person is cringy and awkward as fuck until she's in the situation where she is returning her stalking victim's stolen dog which she stole and then it's like a light switch she turns into this fucking smooth ass social butterfly and everything goes amazingly at the at their dinner because they invited her to dinner right they're like oh my god since we can't pay you can we like invite you to dinner we're making dinner right now like oh my god it's meant to be can you have dinner do you have stuff to do can you have dinner ha 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 can you have dinner and she's like i guess i can have dinner yeah that'd be fine yeah no that'd be fine and she goes in and she handles herself really fucking well. Like, you can see when she's on a mission, she has got this shit. Mm-hmm. And she finds out, hilariously enough, that they are making, like, salads in a coffee cup or some shit. Oh, and, yeah. And hitting it with a fucking creme brulee torch for some reason. And talking about how, oh, yeah, we're just improvising or some dumb bullshit like that. But she goes in for dinner, and they give her fucking rabbit food. And she sits down and tolerates them anyway, like, oh, this is so cute. But actually acts like she's that bitch. And, like, these other people should be glad to know her. And plays it beautifully. I think at one point they talk about the guy does artistry. If you ever want to be a social engineer, guys, like Ingrid is in these situations, just go read How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, and you'll be out there killing it in the business and the social world without even knowing it from now on. And one of the things that Ingrid does that is taken directly from that book is she knows that if you want people to like you, you ask them questions about themselves because people love talking about themselves and the more shallow they are the more true that is so she sees these special motherfuckers and it's like so what do you guys do for money and after some ham hawing taylor's like okay so i'm an instagram influencer and my husband is an artist he's such an artist that he doesn't even have a smartphone he uses a flip phone focuses on his paintings and shit and she's like oh my god cool can i see one And they show it to her, and she's like, it's a horrible painting. It's stupid as fuck. And she's like, wow, that's really something. So so how much do you want for it? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to ask maybe $1,200. And she's like, okay, word, I'll take it. Yeah, do you take cash? Yeah, do you take cash? She asks some Californians, do you take cash? And they're like, or Bitcoin, yeah, uh, that'd be fine. And so next thing we see, they're cracking open a bottle of a champagne and toasting to her husband. And in that little interaction, celebrating the money she just gave them, basically, Ingrid finds out that Taylor and her husband have just had to cancel their plans for the weekend, which was to pull some kind of camping trailer out in the desert to their vacation home. Because, get this, unsurprisingly, they don't know anybody that has a truck. And at this exact moment, we see a light bulb go off in Ingrid's head. And Ingrid realizes, holy shit. 
I my, have someone that has a truck. That's right. My landlord who looks just like Ice Cube's son that I was so fucking awkward with when I moved in. He's got a truck and I bet I can get him to let me use it. And she keeps up that being boss as fuck at social engineering thing and keeps the awkward thing down and goes straight to his house and secures his truck. After promising to have it back by a certain time, right? After promising to have it back at a certain time and the quid pro quo for that transaction was Ice Cube is a Batman nerd and he's trying to write his own Batman scripts and the only thing he doesn't have is a Catwoman is somebody to read the part of Catwoman in his upcoming script reading which is happening the same night that she wants to borrow the truck so she assures him I'll have it back by the time you need it bro and then I'll go with you to the thing and be your Catwoman bro I got you bro thank you bro and she is a very bad bro she is a step bro for sure because by the time that she's supposed to Ben had the truck back three hours ago we see her sitting in by a desert dance hall or some shit with fucking Taylor and her opening up the glove box Taking out Ice Cube's gun and coke, which she found earlier when the check engine light came on and she was trying to check for the owner's manual, allegedly. Very allegedly. Yeah, very allegedly, okay? So she does that earlier, and then they end up at this dance hall, and all of a sudden, even though she didn't speak on it earlier about seeing a gun and bagged up into sales units amounts of cocaine in there right next to it, she just says, oh, hey, I know something we can do. And guess what it is? It's Ice Cube's cocaine. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then she's doing that fucking hippie thing where they're like, I don't usually do this. I'm just like, I haven't done it since Burning Man because, you know, I'm like psychedelics and shit, but since you had it, it was like, oh my God, like the (laughs) universe was trying to tell me something, man. And man, you're a good friend, man. And, you know, all this time, Ingrid is being a very bad friend oh and yeah even worse tenant to be honest with you because not only were you a bad friend you were a bad friend ingrid to the guy that you were in business with as his customer when he's a landlord bitch you done fucked up and not only does she fuck up by snorting up all his yayo and dude i would be fucking pissed we doesn't actually say in this movie if he's a coke dealer or not i just kind of but assume yeah, that from if the you units have, and the packaging but even then if you have that type of stuff in the car even you if kind you're just of... a landlord that likes to can go skiing in california on the weekends i would be mad as fuck if someone did that to my this shit is, holy is, fuck but this, granted it never would have been in the car to start with yeah, yeah, been like, no, while no, you're yeah. out there going and doing your truck thing i'm gonna be at home preparing for the Catwoman reading <laughs> uh-huh oh yeah uh but this also plays into the halloween thing of oh yeah check your kids uh candy for drugs that's such a bullshit I'm, thing. I'm sitting here going, you know how... You, just, you, just If you're going to check your kid's candy, you would think you would have at least checked your own glove box, right? Yeah, yeah. This, because if you think about it, how it works is that drugs are expensive regardless. And yet, that's, that's what it, makes free, me think he, free drugs to kids? No, it doesn't work that way. Hell no, it doesn't. That whole, like, people are going to give drugs to your kids thing is total bullshit because nobody but nobody is going to give their hard-earned drugs... To your little rug rats for 
free. No, not unless they just like knew it had fentanyl in it and they had a really dark sense of humor. But that's not yeah, gonna happen normally. Look, just if you're worried about drugs being in the Halloween candy, make sure you only trick or treat in working class neighborhoods because working class people, when they have drugs, they're not trying to hurt anything but their own pain and sufferings, and they ain't got fucking one bit to give to your little rug rats that they had to spend their hard-earned drug money on to buy them some free candy to hand out when they showed up pretending to be Spider-Man, okay? Not only that, but you have a more chance of getting hurt by a metal scrubby brush from a grill brush cleaner than you you do do of, like, like, finding some drugs drugs in your Snickers bar. Yeah. Yeah, and if there's any candy to be suspicious of, boys and girls, you should definitely extra double check those houses that give out the full-size candy bars because if you got a full-size candy bar when you were trick-or-treating, you probably went to a rich neighborhood where they had that Tesla X and full-size candy bar money. If anybody ever was going to give out drugs in free candy at Halloween, trust me, it would be that full-size candy bar person because they know that that bitch is going to be eaten. They don't want to oh, fuck yeah, around and waste know. their evil drugs With the on... the fun-size candy bars, no. If they put drugs in the fun-size candy bars, that just means they're going to kill the parents when they go and steal the kids' Halloween candy. Oh, yeah. Right? If you're like a kid killer and you're just an evil rich bastard trying to do that shit, you're definitely going to put the fentanyl in the full-size Snickers. Oh, yeah, because the kid's going to eat the full-size Snickers over the kid-size one anyway. day. And he's going to stash it. Hell, yeah, he is, because he's going to stash it the night before to make sure his fucking parents don't eat it. Exactly. So after Ingrid continues to be the horrible friend and even worse customer that snorts all his coke, she continues on to get even worse with her bullshit and ignores all of his calls. On the way back to Los Angeles, where, you know, she is now, like, five hours late to return his truck... She's fucking around singing Casey and JoJo songs with goddamn Taylor so much that she forgets to fucking pay attention and drive and puts a damn pinstripe all the way down this dude's four-door pickup on a fucking guardrail. I I mean, seriously, it's so noticeable. And, like, we're only 20 minutes into talking about it, despite our bullshit about Halloween candy. And I've already said as much as I can say about this movie without giving any of the good spoilers away. Like, if I hadn't seen this movie and I wanted someone to do the best job they could of recommending that I see this movie without fucking up any of this movie, they would I would stop, stop here. here. Exactly. Because it, doesn't it just get crazier from this point on? Hell yes, it gets crazier and it gets better and it builds up to a really good resolve. I, oh they, yeah, it, it's it not just, an ending. It doesn't slow down in the how good it gets anywhere after this. Yeah, because it just keeps building and building and building and building. If you like movies about random people doing some shit that you never saw in a movie before but that's also some real shit you can relate to life, this is your movie. This is your movie, especially if you're an 80s or a 90s baby, because you get this. This is this is our world. Oh, yeah, and you, especially in the top, uh, like technology you, age and social media age and influencers and all this other stuff. It can happen. You know, it's always been true in some sense or another that shallow people valued the person that they feel like they're supposed to be over being the best version of who they really are that they could but I think that that's definitely accelerated by technology. Like, I feel bad 
for anybody that was born after the year 2010. Because if you were born after the year 2010, all your fucking baby pictures are going to be on the internet. You're going to have to see your whole life growing up and no blocks from it. And so did the whole world because they were your baby pictures oh, yeah. were literally published. Imagine you, like, when you're 10 or even 13, when you're becoming a teenager into adulthood, having your mom show you a video off of her Facebook, for example, of you running around in your diaper. It's bad enough that those pictures show up in high school graduation montages because they were somewhere stashed in a photo album on film prints, okay? I cannot imagine having a high-definition video that came off of your mom's fucking Facebook. Oh, yeah. We have usually a list of about 13 questions that we get into when we talk about a movie, but... Before we even get on that today, I want to start with one more that I think this movie especially warranted, which is, what the fuck can you tell me about this character? This character was crazy, man. What did you think about this character? Like, break it down for me, your impression of this, of Ingrid. She has stalker tendencies. Like, she has To say the least. Holy shit. She has stalker convictions. She just is not a theory. She's been a confirmed fucking... Her tendencies get fucking habitual, apparently. Oh, yeah, because we see her at the beginning macing someone else that she was following and became close to. And clearly the implication there is... How dare this bitch not invite me to her wedding? Yeah. I'm going to go spray her with mace because she doesn't understand how important I am. Exactly. And then we see her go to the funny farm. And then as soon as uh-huh. she gets out of the funny farm, she immediately hooks onto another influencer that just catches her eye. Well, for what it's worth, I do think when she was searching for someone to get hooked onto that time, she probably set her filters to go outside of her hometown because she just realized she would never have the freedom or the power to manipulate somebody that close by where she had no, history. No, because, because she had history. Unless she left the state. She has history. Everyone there knows what she did. It probably was in the newspaper. You know, it's funny. If it was in the newspaper, she probably would have preferred for it to be in the newspaper because whether it was in the newspaper or not, it was all the fuck over social media where everyone saw it within 30 minutes instead of having to wait till the next morning for something to come in their mailbox. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, besides the stalker, she has, like, some form of mental illness, which is very potent when you see her going ahead and, like, spam liking all of these posts, all these comments, everything throughout it's the movie. It's, it's still kind of vague to me what she's mentally ill with. There's probably two or three things you could call this, or maybe different aspects of multiple diagnosis labels. I don't understand psychology well enough to give those labels out myself, but... It's definitely entertaining for someone that knows a little bit about psychology. Oh, yeah. I mean, because you can go from several different aspects from this movie. I mean, seriously, she is a character. Ingrid is seriously a character. Do you think that she's dangerous? I mean, from what you see up until the point. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Point she, the she could, if, she, if someone gets in her way of what she wanted, and such as this person, she would be able to literally kill another person in order to get what she wanted. I don't know about that. I mean, I'm not saying that you're wrong. That's definitely a possibility. 
from everything we did see about this character. I'm just saying I didn't see anything in that character. Granted, I'm being the devil's advocate. Like, I just, you know, trying to help out the crazies and be on their <laughs> side and just voice to the world whatever valid points of view they might have had that we didn't think about because, you know, they're crazy. Like, sometimes crazy people have, like, not crazy stuff to teach us. Even if it sounds crazy, like, just sometimes, though, it, it's information. It's good. And in this case, as her advocate, I would say the only time that we actually see her hurt anyone, Your Honor, is when that bitch betrayed her. So, does that mean she's dangerous to the general public? Like, well, yeah, sort of. Like, sort if you're of. a shitty person and you fuck her over, she's definitely gonna come oh, get yeah, you. Yeah. She's gonna that, run that, up on that yeah. ass. But, 60% of the general public's definitely like that. So, yeah, kind of. But not to everyone. Not to good people. She's probably like, like, if you're not a fake loser asshole that just blows her off like she's nobody then you're probably fine. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're okay. But, I mean, does she have that capability? Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. She's the kind of person that if you had known her in high school and she had a lot of guns, you would have made it a point to be nice to her, like really nice, like as nice as you could be. Oh, yeah. Still keeping it real, yeah. but very, very understanding. What genre of movie would you say that this is, Danny? Thriller or a drama? It's not a thriller. I think this is kind of a drama slash comedy but it's that kind of comedy in parentheses because it's the sort of comedy that's like well you're not necessarily supposed to laugh at this you're supposed to be oh, too yeah, cool yeah, to laugh at this yeah. and this movie really does make you feel like you have to be too cool to laugh at this because uh, this movie's cool as fuck like, again awkward really moments is. throughout this even with her personality change that we saw i mean it, it's awkward i wasn't bored and but i didn't care enough for it to hurt my feelings because i already immediately realized about this movie holy shit this is about people that have so much more money than i do that i don't make enough money to give strong opinions about shit that doesn't affect my direct yeah. life you know so it wasn't that big of a deal i didn't care about him that much i didn't really mind what happened to him it's okay you know if it didn't turn out all right it would be different if i had cared about them but because i didn't care about them too much i was fine with the anxiety because i was like oh well you know this shit bad shit's just happening to them not me so it's fine I don't. I don't know. I'm like that. Yeah, you know, I'm not yeah. Gonna it's feel understandable. Bad for I'm just trying to be entertained right oh, now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that leads into our main question. We ask about everything. Do I care about these people? Yes. It, yeah, it, I did I too. Mean, you get two different like aspects. You get the what is essentially a crazy fan and an influencer. So, but yeah. you're getting it from the crazy fan perspective. Yeah, you do. And as much as it can, while it's still speaking from, you know, the bias of one person's perspective, I feel like it gives a lot of voice to the influencer, too, even though she was fake and crazy also. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's kind of hinted because, no offense, if you're an influencer, you're just, from my perspective, you're just someone behind a screen. All the stuff that you're taking pictures of could be faked, all this other stuff and all that. Yeah, so. I mean, for real, like, I think you should question what you see on Instagram or Twitter or any other social media as much as you would question a Nigerian prince telling you that half of $60 million can be yours today if you'll just pay that bank's move-around fee for the low, low price of two grand. If yeah. If you can send it in four Amazon gift cards. Oh, yeah. $30 million is about to be yours. If you are suspicious of that, you should be suspicious of, of things that you Yeah, see. on Instagram, Twitter, on and Instagram, all that. On Instagram, for sure, dude. Question number two. Do I care about what's happening to them? For I the did. I did, for the most Hell part. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude, most definitely. Like, that was the best part about it. It was that perfect balance of movie where... Because there's different balances, right? Like, if you care a lot about the people, it's not even that important what's happening to them. If you really love these people that you're interacting with, then whatever the fucking movie's about, you're fine with it. You like to spend that time with them. But the same thing is true in, you know, reverse, too, where if you really care about what's happening to them because it's crazy and entertaining a lot and you don't care too much about them, that's usually a banger of a movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, we had a few that were like that on this list that most we're doing definitely. this definitely. Season- maybe that's a theme with this season, Danny, is that most of our movies, we care more about what's happening to these people than we care about them. Yeah, because there's a lot of crazy scenarios in the story in the movies that we've covered up. And I don't so know, far. and I'm not calling them shallow, but it wasn't like the charmingness or depth of characters that made me fall in love with any of those movies. It was the crazy shit going on. Oh, you know? yeah. I mean, especially with this one, we have her very much moving from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast over this one influencer just to be closer to her. But you can relate to her, though, because oh, yeah. the people in her real life are either so gone and non-existent now or so shitty like that bitch behind her in the fucking food line aisle that you understand why she would just say fuck this and go somewhere. Like, shit, most people that love their hometowns would say fuck this and go somewhere, at least for a little while, if they just suddenly picked up $60,000, especially if it was because their mama died. Holy fuck, y'all. So I could relate to that. I really could. And I'm not defending your actions, but even in the very beginning, like Chris Rock with OJ, I'm not saying he should have did it, but I understand, like, Charlotte was probably being a fucking bitch, and that was a cold-ass move that kept her out of the wedding, and I don't think Ingrid would have been there, Your Honor, if she hadn't have been promised an invitation and then never received one. But if you just stop and think about it on that case, on how that was presented to us at the beginning, maybe Ingrid showed her true colors and Charlotte couldn't take it. I mean, you mean to make her uninvited to oh, the yeah, wedding in the first yeah, place? Yeah. Well, I think that's definitely a possibility because the thing is, Ingrid's not a bad friend. She's just too fucking intense for most people. So when she shows too much, which people will do that to you guys, y'all. Like when you have somebody come up to you in your life and start telling you shit that they should not be fucking telling someone that they only know as well as you. Don't let that fool you into thinking that you can trust that person with the same amount of information about yourself. I know it can be tempting. That's the same Very feeling. Very tempting. That's the, yes, that's the same feeling that I have when people come up to me at work that I just met at a new job and be like, Hey, bro, I smoke crack. You're not judging me, though, are you? And I'm like, no, no, I'm actually not, but you really fucking lucky that she told that shit to a libertarian. Like, I'm not judging you, but 99% of people right now will judge will you. Will have some big eyes saying, oh, ah, uh, well then. Okay, um, what is this again? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Don't let that fool you into thinking you can open up just as much to them. 
And they'll even tell you that shit. They'll be like, I don't even know why I told you I smoked crack, bro. I just fucking felt like I could trust you. And Relapse in judgment. Well, no, it gets really more tempting for you to open up to them because you're like, well, that's true. They can trust me. They did tell the fucking only person in the restaurant that's a libertarian. Like, literally anyone else would have judged them for that. But she told me, so maybe I can't trust her. No, I can't trust her. Don't fucking trust that person. You'll go tell that crackhead, hey, uh, last Tuesday I smoked a joint and they'll be like oh my god i can't believe you do that disgusting shit you're horrible get away from me oh lord we they probably would some of them probably do that i really felt for ingrid i really did because like i said i'm not saying she was right but i understand I understand. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, can't say I it was, think... she didn't just like, you know, smoke a bunch of crack until she was homeless and then come and fuck around harassing me at the 7-Eleven. Like, she actually shot her shot, even if she kind of like snuck her way into the shooting range, so to speak. You oh, know? yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, She's not going to notice me type of scenario. Hell, yeah, dude. And like, her mama just died, okay? I don't know how much you love your mama. But I'm going to basically forgive anybody whose mama just died of everything oh, yeah. they did unless oh, yeah. they really hurt somebody and it was fucking oh, yeah. not okay. Like, other than that, they're, I'm going to forgive them because their mama just died, dude. Like, holy shit. you imagine how you would feel? I can't. I guess our next question is, did you think that the acting was good in this movie? Oh, yeah, because don't forget, we see, it for, especially with Ingrid, we see her transform from this awkward personality. And then you see her go from being a stuttering wreck to being a seasoned used car salesman on good uncut cocaine. Oh, yeah. Just the right amount, too. Oh, yeah, she still keeps She's it fucking fresh, seamless. but she doesn't keep it. She doesn't go back to that awkward setting that she was on. Her confidence is amazing. Like it, she re- this actress really did play two roles, and that was one of the things that really kept it interesting. Is that she went from playing this wreck of a character that was had so much social anxiety to once she was okay, I'm just pretending to get what I want, doing that psycho shit. Then she was fine. She could focus great. Had all the confidence in the world, dude. And the acting was really, really good because. I believed her oh, as yeah. both people. I believed that she had no fucking idea whatsoever how to talk to people. And then I felt like she was better than anyone I've ever seen at talking to people. Oh, yeah. Socially. It was Again, amazing. Again, the used car salesman thing. The used car salesman thing, guys. Like, And P.S., if you haven't seen the Christmas episode of South Park where uh, you get the line, Santa likey, you should check out the Christmas episode of South Park where he says that. It's a funny one. So here's a question, Danny. Is there anything I like about the world in which this movie is set? Well, it's in California. It's in California. And it's, since I've had nothing but like New York compliments in our last movies, dude, New York is cool. I've been there. That shit is dope. But do you know where I personally like that I've been even more than New York City? Somewhere in California, assumably. Probably all of California, dude, because that's like four states. That's like a cheat code. It shouldn't even be a comparison. It's apples and oranges, but California kicks ass. And I would never turn down a trip to New York, but if I had to choose between going to New York and California, I'm going to take California the first four times and then go to New York the fifth, unlike how our, you know, movie settings have been in this season so far. I feel like we've only talked about how good New York is a bunch, but... 
let me tell you something. California, California's dope as fuck. So I love this story. I really felt like this movie did a hilarious thing culturally when it came to its setting because... Oh, yeah, because doesn't they make them sound uppity and self-entitled, don't they? Oh, my God, yes. They capture the stereotype of a person so well. And what's funny to me is as a non-Californian watching this movie, I'm like... Oh, come on, guys. They're not all like that. There's people cooler than that out there. But considering that a Californian probably made this movie, this shit is hilarious. Because oh, yeah. you know how movies often portray anyone that's a racist or any other kind of fucking dumb redneck or slow in the head as having a southern accent? You know that character that's any of those three things is always almost portrayed with yeah. a southern accent? Yeah, yeah, I do. I feel like this movie was doing the same thing to Californians that those movies do to Southern people or bad people was being cast Southern, except instead of rednecks, it was fucking hipsters, and they definitely portrayed them with that California accent. Oh, yeah, I mean, what, we saw them... Like a very particular, said. there's more than one California accent, yeah. but it's, th- it's that one that y'all picked to mock these motherfuckers, and you did it beautifully. Yeah, I mean, seriously, we have it being, oh, a screenwriter, an artist, an influencer, and all of this is taking place in California. And it's so many more labels on things, because just like her whole life was fake on Instagram, his whole being an artist was fake, too. Oh, yeah, because they explain what the painting is and one scene that she buys, doesn't and he? I don't even fucking remember what they explained that painting as. I just knew that it was stupid and supposed to be bad. Do you remember what they describe? how they described yes, it? What they, the fuck did they say? What was that dumb well, shit for, again? Well, first off, he didn't even make the background that the, like, hashtag blessed or hashtag no filter or hashtag girl squad goals or whatever. He didn't make the background. He just did the hashtags. He got the paintings from like uh, flea markets and stuff like that and just painted over it. Oh my fucking God. That's brilliant. Like if someone actually made money doing that shit, I'd be like, you're horrible, but I understand. That's kind of awesome. That's a fucking slick shit right there. Exactly. But it's a hysterical oh my what's so funny about that is that i can believe that would actually work on some people i absolutely can believe that someone like pious and self-involved enough could convince themselves that no the hashtag that i put on this that's the real art because good artists create but great artists like myself well you see great artists steal so i go to the flea market steal someone else's art and then i paint a hashtag oh yeah oh yeah and he had a flip phone too so it's kind of like he was the offline influencer but he was still doing that same stupid bullshit exactly that his spouse was doing exactly so it was hilarious when he when they explained it it was really well acted there too like oh yeah a great job her husband whatever the fuck his name or the actor's name was they did a great job and that leads me to our next question. Did you like the style in which this movie was made? Oh, yeah. I like, It's pretty straightforward, yeah, it's, nothing special. But, yeah, no, I liked it a lot. It was really concise to be as long as it was. Like, I loved that they hooked me in the first 90 seconds. They're like, okay, we're not going to fuck around. We're just going to show them this chick getting pepper sprayed at her own wedding oh, by yeah. this truth. It's like, hi, Charlotte. P.S. Fuck you, Charlotte. And then the bride falls over with a face full of pepper spray. Yeah, and then we're like, well, why? What's going on here? And then we get sort of an explanation of, 
oh yeah, she's kind of mentally unstable and goes after influencers. Again, the crazy fan aspect comes into play here. I felt like she was trying to latch on to the person that she wishes that she was. Oh yeah, that is pretty clear throughout this movie, I believe. I mean, again, you got to give her respect for going for what she really wanted and for knowing what that is, honestly. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you would call this character self-aware or not, but she was human enough that I really sympathized with her a lot. While I had no sympathy for her victims, and I do say victims because, yeah, she went a little over the line. She did shit that she shouldn't have did to people. She was definitely an asshole to Ice Cube's son. Like, damn, she better hope that he sells coke and it wasn't his personal stash oh yeah especially with the damage to the car oh my god and the damage to the car too holy fuck and i guess it kind of communicates something about how lonely his character was too that the only person he had to go be his homegirl and read the Catwoman part was a customer that just moved in you know if you're a drug dealer one of the things that really fucking sucks is that all these people act so happy to see you all the time but none of them are your friends. Yeah, because as soon as you don't have the goods, they cut you off. And you have to go fucking fishing for friends among your customers because some of those people are more legit than others. I mean, not that I would know or anything, but truly, some of the, that's how your social life might work if I was imagining what a fictional person's trap life yeah, was like. Yeah, I okay? can, yeah. Yeah. I really get that off of this character. Now, it is pretty surprising that he left his gun in there next to the work although i will give him a pass on that because not only is he ice cube's son that may have just been his truck gun in which case that was not a bad move at all if you've got 35 home guns and you decide to loan your whip to some girl that's you sort of like a bot and that degrees to be catwoman and all of them is very understandable you might just leave your truck strap in the truck and see if she can you know see what's up yeah, I mean, uh, when she kidnaps the dog. I mean, she's he, a white girl. It's not like yeah. she's going to get in that much trouble for being having a pistol in the box. If she gets pulled over, I mean, oh, yeah. she'll live. It's not oh, a big yeah. deal, even, you know, whatever. I relate a lot to his character, too. That's the person I felt the most bad for at any point in this movie, even more than I felt for Ingrid after they tried to build her character and successfully built her character up more and created a lot of righteous sympathy for her. My personal favorite was still her landlord. Like, oh my God, bro. Like, he liked this girl a lot and he was really trying to go hard for his dream. That's why he gave his truck to some girl that he just rented an apartment to that broke the rules about having a fucking dog. At oh, least yeah. for a night. At least for a night. And you can tell he wants a friend like her because he even offers to say, hey, I have a bubbler. Oh, yeah. As soon as he finds out there's a fucking dog in her apartment. He just blows it off. He just blows it off because she's like, well, it's only here for one night. Even after he catches her breaking the rules, he's like, okay, fine, whatever. Do you want to come over and smoke weed and watch cartoons? Even then, he was like, really liked this girl. He really liked her. And it's hard for him to find people that aren't trying to fuck him over. I really sympathize with him and I felt more bad for him not getting his wingman to the script reading and a cat woman to speak on that part as I did for him getting his truck back all fucked up with his goddamn yayo gone. I, if I had gotten my truck back like that and all my coke was gone and she didn't show up and it was like four hours late, I'd have just been like, man, bitches ain't shit. Fuck. 
Exactly. Our next question is, could I watch this movie with my family? I mean, there wasn't anything crazy about it, so... Yeah, like, I'm gonna give it... Yeah, actually, I think that I could, because there's a little bit of drugs in this movie, but it's not too much drugs to watch with your parents if, you know, they're of the baby boomer generation, and there's not any sadistic violence, the language is fine... Yeah, maybe you actually can watch that with your family, and uh, I'm definitely going to think about it. Now, Danny, is there a moral to this story? Like with a lot of our movies, there is several that could be possibly for this one. One of them is, I think it's be your real self, even on the internet. One of the ways in which I think that you can confirm that what you said about being yourself is definitely the moral to this story is by virtue of the fact that you can see... She passes up so many good relationships with real people because she's too busy trying to impress fake people from the internet. Oh, yeah. I mean, the point in case is with uh, Ice Cube's Cube son. Hell, yeah, dude. Like, he really liked her. He liked her starting out. He went the fucking pet slide when that was the one damn thing he told her not to do, and then she did it. He went that slide and was like, hey, you still want to come get high? Like, that would be cool. And, you know, she could have had such... A good friend right there if she hadn't have been too busy trying to be a fake person a fake person to be friends with someone that sucks oh yeah and that she ultimately finds out sucks so would you say did this movie give you context within the first five minutes yeah yeah by yeah, five minutes i think I mean, she was like already in the loony bin so yeah and we hear her over voice about the letters her day-to-day life to charlotte that we don't hear a response to so yeah and the directors of this movie didn't fuck around when they said okay we're gonna set the hook in the first 90 seconds you're gonna see a bride getting pepper sprayed by a crazy person and they made that clear in like nine. Oh yeah seconds. that too so so yeah it moved quickly after that and it didn't slow down or drag anywhere along the way nope not one bit does this movie have an ending or did it just quit i'm gonna have to go with a hard this was a great ending this was an oh, ending yeah. ending oh. and yeah endings quit but this was an ending right here this was fan fucking tastic I had to cut this movie short because I wanted the ending was so good. I had things I wrote down in my notes to say about it, and then I realized, wait a minute, I don't do spoilers. So yeah, we can't. We can't. I can't tell you that if you haven't seen the it. Ending. But the ending was amazing. Oh if yeah. If you want to send your thoughts to amigasmovies at gmail dot com, that's a m one one g a s movies at gmail dot com. This movie had an amazing ending. So let me ask you this: Is it believable or not? Yeah, I mean, this... 100%. I mean... This probably is happening a hundred times a day oh, in yeah. less extreme forms. Yeah, I mean, the crazy one, the crazy fan that during filming crosses the barrier or during a concert, that one hyped-up fan that gets on stage with your favorite band, I mean, it... And crazy fans were happening so long before oh, the yeah. internet generation that this should be a timeless theme. Like, this was happening in the 60s. That's how some of those murders happened. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, seriously, so... This is just now with the internet, I think it's a more of... It's more common, definitely. Yeah. Like, it's definitely happening more often. 
So, was there a good twist to this movie? Oh, there was, especially the thing. The, the thing. ending was a great fucking oh, yeah. twist. And there were a couple of good ones before that. So, we really didn't cut it any shorter than we possibly had to, to not give you spoilers. So, if that tells you something about how many good twists there are in this movie, it should. There's some good ones. And if you haven't seen it, hit this shit up. It was great. Please do. Does this movie teach anything believable about life? Again... Crazy fans, stalker tendencies, mental illness. I mean, there's several different things that can be said about this movie that are believable. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. One thing that stood out to me about this movie is that it made me realize that as multi-generational as this film is, and it really hit a slam dunk on being that, as multi-generational as it is, one thing that it said to me about my generation is that my generation and your generation, 80s babies and 90s babies, were the last people to grow up having internet friends without knowing what that person looked like oh, or yeah. how, where they lived or how much money they had. There was just a name. They were just a handle, a title, something that they called themselves. They were just text is all you knew that person oh, as, yeah, and I the mean, ideas that they wrote to you through text. Oh yeah, so the with now the, you've seen, seen them. them. Now you see their lives or what they show you on their, you know, and instead of just internet, rela- yes, and instead of just relating to them, you have to fucking compare yourself to them, which is a really big, puts a damper yeah. on real good friendship. It really yeah. does because you're like, oh yeah, I I find this person a friend, but. You're not even acquaintances. It's just someone that you know over the internet. Back in the day, being friends with someone on the internet, you were just friends because your ideas were similar. Oh, yeah. Nowadays, you have people being your friends just so they can get friends, and half of their friends are fucking robots that live inside the Matrix. Oh, yeah. There's a whole entire, what, documentary and all that stuff, too, about influencers that some of them, that in order to keep up their reviews, buy bots. Hell, yeah. You know what? We should put that on our documentaries list. We should talk about that documentary on there. Fake Famous, I think is what it's called. Hell yeah. So, Danny, let me ask you this. We forget to ask this sometimes, but with this, and I don't know how, because we definitely didn't watch a copy of this movie that said, for reviews only, do not distribute. No, no, we, we didn't. We watched it. The way you're supposed to. All of them, in fact. We went to every service and bought this movie individually just to make sure we were covered. But is this movie worth buying or renting or both? I think a little bit of both. It depends on who you are. I I mean, personally, me, I would buy it just so... I would buy this movie, too. Just so that I I have it. This was fun. This was... Yeah, this movie was a lot of fun, dude. And I would have to buy it just to put it in my collection next to... Straight out of Compton because, you know, Ice Cube's family. Dude. Oh, yeah. It's fucking Ice Cube, bro. Fucking yeah, I'd buy this. This was dope. So, and, I, and it's I not, mean, and, and it's original enough that I didn't get bored with it either. Yeah, it's one of those ones that even if you watch it like 10 times, you will find something new before you even think about it. Yeah. You, I definitely picked up a lot of things watching this for a second time just to keep it fresh in my mind before coming on this podcast. So, this movie hits on all cylinders, guys, and it was fucking amazing. If you have thoughts about it, shout us out, send us an email, and tune in with us next week where we talk about one of the very best films 
that I've seen ever and definitely one of the best that I watched in 2021 called Blow the Man Down. Check us out next week, guys. All righty. Peace.